Welcome to Music History Monday for January 17th, 2022. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Mick Gillette, Tower of Power, and the Oaktown Sound. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the death on January 17th, 2016, six years ago today, of the American trumpet, trombone, flugelhorn, and tuba player and teacher, Mick Gillette, of a heart attack in the San Francisco Bay Area city of Concord. Born on May 7, 1951, in Oakland, Gillette was 64 years old at the time of his death. You might not have heard of Mick Gillette, but I can assure you, you have heard Mick Gillette's playing time and time again. He was a founding member in 1968 of what I consider to be the single greatest funk rock soul horn band ever, Oakland's own Tower of Power. Gillette also performed and recorded extensively with two other Bay Area horn bands, Cold Blood and Sons of Champlin. As one of the most highly respected session players anywhere, Gillette has appeared on hundreds of albums, including recordings by some of the biggest names in the business, including Santana, The Rolling Stones, Sheryl Crow, Rod Stewart, Elton John, The Doobie Brothers, Quincy Jones, Jefferson Starship, Huey Lewis and the News, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Mick Gillette was a local legend, a legend burnished by his dedication to teaching and to his family. This post is going to be a bit different from most Music History Monday posts in that it will not so much eulogize Mick Gillette as a musician as celebrate him as a person. To do that, we're going to watch a number of videos for those listening to the podcast as opposed to reading the blog post. The links are provided, and we're going to get to know Gillette through his own words as much as through mine. We begin with a rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner, of all things. Gillette was a lifelong San Francisco Giants fan, and he was a pregame fixture at Giants games, playing the Star-Spangled Banner at home games many times. It was a mark of Gillette the man and the teacher that on many such occasions, he stayed in the background and featured his students. The linked video was recorded at San Francisco's AT&T Park on May 11, 2013. The arrangement is Gillette's own. It features himself and three of his students. He joins in during the fourth and final phrase of the anthem. Mick Gillette as a teacher. Despite being considered by many of his colleagues to be, perhaps, the single greatest lead trumpet player of his generation, more than anything else, Gillette wanted to be remembered as a teacher. 
In an interview conducted on February 16th, 2014, he was asked, with such an illustrious career, what has given you the most satisfaction musically? Gillette's answer, quote, I really enjoy helping young aspiring musicians find their voices and look for their paths. I've had a wonderful professional life and have been very lucky to get so many great opportunities. But the way I would like most to be remembered is by someone coming up to a great player maybe 20 or 30 years from now and asking them who were their influences. That is where I wish most to be mentioned and remembered." Unquote. Mick Gillette walked that walk. He was the music director at Northgate High School in Walnut Creek, California. He coached and gave clinics at middle schools and high schools across the Bay Area and beyond, and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars from music departments in schools across the United States. The Prodigy. If genetics have anything to do with it, Mick Gillette was born to be a brass player. His father, Ray Gillette, was a virtuoso trombonist who spent his career in the musical big leagues, playing with the likes of Harry James, Tommy Dorsey, and Stan Kenton. Young Mick was a prodigy, already playing the trumpet and reading music by the age of four. As seems so often to be the case, Gillette's musical career began thanks to an older sibling's music lessons. We'll let Mick tell the story. Quote, I grew up in a very musical home. My father was one of the all-time greats on trombone. I was four when he brought home a trumpet for my seven-year-old brother Pete and began giving him lessons. Pete wasn't very interested in it, but I was. The trouble was that my father thought I was too young to handle an instrument, and I was told to not touch it until I was older. But I sat and watched every lesson and paid attention to all of the details about playing the trumpet. And when no one was around, I would sneak the horn out and try to do the things Pete didn't care about. One day, my father taught Pete the C-scale fingerings and how to move up and down the horn, and I sat nearby, learning the fingerings by tapping my fingers on my leg. Pete wasn't really getting it, and they both soon gave up frustrated. I waited until I felt they had both gone outside, then snuck the trumpet out and started playing the C-scale. It was easy. I got all the way up to the last note, when the door opened and there stood my dad. I was busted. He was saying, you're finally practicing. Then he noticed it was me, caught red-handed, holding the horn. He said, where's your brother? Right then, Pete went running by the back window and I pointed at him, figuring I was really in trouble now. My dad looked quite surprised and said, that was you? I said, Yes, I really want to play the trumpet, and I was being very careful. He repeated, That was you? I knew that I was either going to get a whooping or get to play the trumpet. When my dad said, Play that again, I thought no sweat. 
I played the scale again and didn't miss a note. He said, well, I'll be. He grabbed me and the trumpet, literally ran to the car, and we drove to his favorite music store, where we went in, and he bought me the biggest trumpet book in the world, the Arban's Complete Trumpet Method. We got back in the car and sat there for almost three hours until the sun went down and we couldn't read any more. Then we drove home. This was easily one of the happiest days of my life." Unquote. By 1966, at the age of 15, Gillette was playing with those musicians with whom he would found Tower of Power in 1968. Pardon the pun, but what a difference a bay makes. In the late 1960s, at the same time bands like Jefferson Airplane and the Grateful Dead were defining the rock and roll scene in San Francisco, across the San Francisco Bay in Oakland, Tower of Power was creating an entirely different musical paradigm, one that came to be called East Bay Greece, or the Oakland or Oaktown Sound. The Tower of Power's Oakland Sound was a synthesis of rock and roll and funk, funk itself being a mixture of soul, jazz, and rhythm and blues, with the brass and saxophone sections of the big bands of the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Yeah, when Mick Gillette was asked in an interview why horn sections were so popular in the 1960s and 1970s. He nailed it on the head when he answered that, quote, it brought back some of the sounds and blends from the big band era while dressing up the simpler rock and roll, unquote. The next link features Tower of Power in its early prime. Recorded live at the soundstage in Chicago in 1977, it features three numbers with the timings as indicated. The sound is not the best. There are occasional crackles, but it makes no difference. This band was tighter than a tutu on Pavarotti with a groove that's deep and true and oh so fine. For our information, Mick Gillette is second from the left, wearing a hat and denims. Tower of Power is like the city that saw its birth, a crazy amalgam of pretty much everyone and everything. We need to watch slash listen to some more music. We jump forward 33 years to 2010. An observation. Some bands age well, some do not. Tower of Power aged as nicely as a Domaine de Roy Moussigny Grand Cru, Côte de Nuit. Uh, that means it aged really well. The next link takes us to a Tower of Power concert at the Lugano, that's in Switzerland, Jazz Festival in 2010. The entire concert is linked, all one hour and 37 minutes of it. Tower of Power remained in 2010 as tight, hot, and grooved as it was 33 years before, in 1977. Please, please, for me, for me, 
watch and listen to at least the first 7 minutes 51 seconds of the concert. Both the video and sound are high definition. Mick Gillette is, again, second from the left and wearing a baseball cap with the word Oakland emblazoned upon it. If you watch at least those opening 7 minutes and 51 seconds, I can pretty much guarantee that you'll lose weight, grow more hair, reverse the aging process, and never suffer from ED or FSD again. Have I made myself clear? This concert is as good as it gets. These are exceptional musicians making wonderful music. Capiche? Feel the joy. Back to Mick Gillette. In an interview, Gillette was asked what exactly characterized his sound. His response, quote, I would hope that would be a big, fat, round sound, clarity, range, and versatility. I play all of the brass instruments, and I play them pretty much the same. Massive air support, correct mouthpieces with the best horns I can find. My philosophy is play every note the best you can. Always perform, whether it's in a room by yourself or in front of a big crowd." Unquote. Gillette chose not to perform before crowds between 1984 and 1998. Burned out by 16 years on the road and having seen his daughter Megan come into the world, on May 20th, 1984, Gillette hung up his trumpet and went to work running a landscaping business in the San Francisco Bay Area and participated actively in raising his daughter, something a touring musician could not have done. In 1998, after a 14-year hiatus, the now 47-year-old Mick Gillette picked up his trumpet and his trombone and returned to the music world. He joined the Marin County-based band Sons of Champlin, threw himself into teaching, and once again became a force to be reckoned with in the musical world. The performance of Tobacco Road, linked next by the Sons of Champlin, features Mick Gillette and includes as well an explanation by band leader Bill Champlin how differently the word love is pronounced in the ritzy environs of Marin County and across the San Francisco Bay in the every person confines of Alameda County, meaning in this case, Oakland, California. With his return to music, Gillette became something of a cult figure. When he was asked in 2014 how he managed to inspire quote, such a devoted following, unquote, he answered, and again we quote, that is a hard one to answer. I have stayed steady on my course of playing strongly and with conviction. If you can't dazzle them with your brilliance, you have to learn to baffle them with your bullshit. I'm pretty sure it takes both to succeed, unquote. Yes, well, <laughs> Welcome to the music business. Gillette stayed with the Sons of Champlin, which was led by the vocalist and keyboard player Bill Champlin, who was also the band Chicago's lead singer from 1981 to 2009 for 12 years, 
until 2006. After that, he toured and recorded with the Doobie Brothers, Santana, and Blood, Sweat, and Tears. He founded his own band called Funky Loophole and did endless session work. A player like Gillette is always in demand. In August 2009, after being away for 25 years, Gillette rejoined Tower of Power. His final appearance with Tower of Power took place on St. Valentine's Day, February 14, 2011, at Yoshi's Jazz Club in Oakland. Typical of Gillette, he brought along one of his students to sit in, a then 17-year-old trumpet player named Josh Spock. That performance at Yoshi's was recorded. The performance that evening of Tower of Power's signature number, You're Still a Young Man, occupies the next link. Josh Spack stands to Gillette's right. Mick Gillette was once asked what advice he'd give to young musicians thinking of pursuing a career in music. We can only wonder if he shared the following advice with his student, Josh Spack who we saw standing beside Gillette in the performance of You're Still a Young Man. Mick Gillette's advice, quote, get either a day job or a rich girlfriend. Then you can always have a home. Play from the heart. Sometimes it pays, sometimes it doesn't. But nobody else will be able to say exactly what you say musically, unquote. Postscript. Mick Gillette was a good friend of the Break It Down Show podcast, which itself was featured in my Music History Monday post on April 16th, 2018. On February 16th, 2015, Gillette appeared on the podcast along with his daughter and bandmate, Megan Gillette McCarthy. It is a lovely interview and can be accessed at the link provided. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com. <laughs>